Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the air. This is Smoke Night Live, episode 279, uh, closing in, Jordan, on the the elusive 300 episode. What are we going to do for episode That's 300? That's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. <laughs> uh, 300. Well, the last the 200, we had a, such a good oh, that was a fan. episode. That yeah, that I don't know how fan. we're going to top it. we got to find a way to top that show. Uh, hey, I gotta uh, start the show tonight with a little shout out to uh, my buddy Connor Booth in uh, Pennsylvania. He's studying automotive technology. He's the son of uh, Matthew Booth, not Matt Booth, but Matthew Booth in Pennsylvania. Great kid. Uh, me and him uh, chat a lot on uh, Facebook together. I told him I'd give him a little shout out, Jordan, to start the show. What a kid! He's a cool kid. So super cool, cool kid. Hey, um. Tonight, tonight, uh, my daughter Mackenzie is going in for a. Uh, she's gonna have a baby. She's gonna have a baby tonight. Yes. Well, maybe not tonight. Probably tomorrow. They're going in tonight to be induced. So, uh, grandchild uh, number four. Let's do this. Is gonna be uh, soon to arrive. So we're excited about that. But uh, in the meantime, in preparation, we've got Smoke Night Live. And uh, super excited. Hey, Jordan, did you did you catch the Super Bowl? I was, I was watching it with you. You were watching it with me? Yeah. So there was this guy that bet money on if there would be a streaker during the Super Bowl or not. He, like, bet, like, $30,000 or something. I don't remember how much he bet. Bet that much? Yeah, it was a lot. Right, Matt? He bet a lot of money. I think he had that much to win. He bet 50000 if there would be a streaker. And there, there was, but the streaker was him. Can't do that. So apparently, I don't know, Matt, if you can clarify, <laughs> he, he, he didn't win. He didn't get the money because the, the streaker was him. Is that your understanding, Matt? So from what I've seen, he bet the 50000 Yeah. He had, like, uh, several backup plans just in case it didn't work. Then after he went to go clear the bet, they said no. $374,000 is what he would have won. <gasps> but the 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 booker, bookie, bookie said no. Booking Well, book yeah, because like essentially Bookite. He was the streaker, so he was rigging the bet. Can't rig it. He should have just yeah, paid a like buddy to do a fight. It. Now, here's my question, and I want to get the answer from Scott on this one. He he wasn't really street like he had clothes on. What constitutes an actual streaker? Like how how few clothes do you have to be wearing to 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 qualify as a streaker? Well, there's we we discussed a little bit pre-show, but not much. Like we said, there's the two spectrums. There's fully clothed, fully clothed. and birthday suit. So fully clothed, that's not, not a streak. streaking. That's just rushing the field. Obviously, uh, completely not clothed. That's yeah. a birthday streaker. Birthday suit. That's a streaker. But he was. See, and that's where we get into the gray area, because he is over the midway point. You did see Cheek, 
So, but I mean, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But. but did you get to see you know the full Monty, so to speak? I think yeah, I think you have to see the full Monty. Yes, you have to. I think you can, you're allowed shoes and socks. That's and <laughs> that's it. So Jordan, you're you're saying shoes and socks. He can still be streaking with shoes. Scott, and socks. had he had he, what if he was only wearing the the little bathing suit thing that he had on? See, I. I don't know if that qualifies as streaking. I mean, do you have to show some I genitalia? Mean, yeah, I mean, it has to be more than butt cheek because at this point, butt cheek it's it's just like face cheeks. It, it's it's nothing. It's you see that every day of the week. There wow. need there. I think Scott, there needs to be some sort of guidelines that the government releases. Well, after this, yeah, they'll have to you come know, out with something. The, uh. the, here's the streaking guidelines. And this is what constitutes actual streaking. You know, I was thinking that, too, because definitely what we need is more government regulation. Yes, right. That's what this country is missing. I think Biden should appoint a streaking czar. It has to. We need a streaking, <laughs> streaking czar. czar. He can be right next to that, you know, mm. truth czar or whatever that's going to be. They the reality right, czar. Right It would probably other. be yeah, Pete Butt a judge. Yep. <laughs> well, that would be a good way because that's about as hardcore reality Pete as Butt it a gets. Judge. But a judge. Oh, <laughs> I, like I missed it. I like it. Darn it. I was so close. <laughs> Anyways, so if you guys are planning on placing a prop bet that there will be a streaker at any sporting event. You can't be the streaker. You cannot be the streak. Just keep that in mind, Dojo. And I know there's a lot of Dojo people that are probably thinking, like, this is an easy way to make some money. So as, you know, as sort of like, uh, you know, your sensei, I'm going to tell you uh, from this point forward, you get, you're going to have to do it under the radar. You have to pay somebody else to do the streaking for you. I can't believe this guy couldn't have found somebody else to do it for him. Like, and not only that, you, you can't come out and say that you did split this. Split the money. Like he did. He was all excited. Well, like, that, that's all criminals, right? That, that blew it. Like he, 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 his, the cover was blown. The only thing he, he covered was his butt with his weird little swimsuit. <laughs> Anyways. I didn't even see it, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Well... You should have seen I it. watched the Super Bowl. I didn't watch that part. Yeah. Anyhow, hey, got a great show tonight. Uh, as, I, <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm... What? I, I, my brain is on this streaking aspect <clears throat> there. But as I'm smoking my HVC Serie A, one of my favorite cigars. Jordan, this was our number three cigar of the year in 2019. Because it was so dang good. We gave it a 93. This cigar never lets you down, folks. Like, if you're looking for a cigar to just sort of fill your humidor with that you know it's going to be good every time you grab it out of the humidor. If you're looking for, like, salted peanuts and spice and a, a little bit of brown sugar, this is the, the Especially cigar Especially in that uh, perla size. Oh, yeah. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and we're bringing on the show right now the, the man behind this uh, genius cigar, Rainier Lorenzo from HVC. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, you guys, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Ah, we couldn't be more excited to have you on the show. We we, we had you on a uh, Friday night um, herf session, a video herf session at one point, but we've never actually had you on our official Smoke Night Live show, so we're super excited about uh, having you on. Rainier, I got to say, um, let me just tell you a little bit about my own journey with HVC. It wasn't that long ago that I just really wasn't that familiar oh, with hvc with your line your brand it just kind of flew under the radar for me and um two three years ago we started smoking hvc and we were like why the heck 
Why the heck, Jordan, what haven't have we, we been, been doing with our lives? Smoking these cigars all along. Like I haven't found a HVC cigar that I I didn't like. So let's get let's get into your journey a little bit. It's a very interesting journey. Uh, you're from Cuba, but you didn't take the uh, the normal sort of like Cuban route, like growing up um, rolling cigars in a cigar factory. And, and then just sort of transitioning into the cigar industry, you sort of took a little bit of a, a different route into the no, business. Actually, I was, I was in medical school in Cuba when I left Cuba. That was in 2008. By the time I was just 23 years old, and my family by the time I was still working for Aganor Salif here in Miami. So, and remember, when I left Cuba from Miami, I went to Wisconsin. And I was living in Wisconsin for seven years. Yeah, so, so you I'm, were now now Rainier, you were into like uh, a veterinarian sort of field, like animal genetics or something like that. Uh, yes, correct. What what were yes. you? What exactly were you doing? We were doing that like separating the eggs and whites with the spermers, mm. with the cows. Yeah, that was completely genetics, really genetics. In the end, I was working in the in the clone field. So you had to you had to somehow you know, get the sperm from the bulls. <laughs> no. Uh, no? Part. Part. <laughs> no, you didn't have Not to do that? I, I was in the lab with the coke, okay. just waiting to receive it, just checking them to see how they do it. But I was not that way with that part. Okay, all right. And now, <laughs> so so it, I assume when you were in Cuba that, that you were, that was what you wanted to do. Uh, the veterinarian field, uh, animal genetics and whatnot. And what was your family doing for the uh, Cas Fernandez folks in Miami? What were, what were, what were they, how were they involved? I mean, my, my sister, she's the general manager there. And my mom and my brother were at the water house. Okay. In the shipping department. And in 2009, that was when really Eduardo Fernandez invited me to go to Nicaragua to show me the cows, the pigs. And, and he said, you know what, let's go to Esteli. I want to show you all the tobacco things that I have over there. And when he was showing me all the process, I was quite really impressed. And that really stuck with me. In 2011, I decided, I said, you know what, so why not start doing these things? You know, they, they give me, like I would like to say, a green light to start the business. And, and that was the beginning of HVC. And my free time, by the time I used still working in the Yenetis company, and my free time, I used to go to Chicago, Indiana, Michigan, just to start open accounts. It was quite difficult. Now, wait, you sort of, you sort of jumped ahead a little bit there. What was it, I mean, as a, a, a young Cuban kid, you go straight to Wisconsin, of all places, to, to study and to, to work in the lab and all of that. Was that a bit of a culture shock for you, uh, going to Wisconsin from Cuba? Actually, it was, but to be honest with you guys, it was probably the best thing that happened to me to come here to America, be in Wisconsin first and learn the American culture. Yeah. And, and it really was cold, I held. It's really cold. <laughs> it really was really cold over there. I mean, and you know, in the beginning, it was really fun. I mean, I like mm -hmm. the snow, but at some point, I say, damn, I miss the sun a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're, and so then you're, it was your family that obviously had the connection to the uh, Casa Fernandez folks and Eduardo and everybody. And now when he brought you down to Nicaragua, was that sh strictly to show you the animals or did you already have a, an interest in the cigar part of it? 
I mean, always in my free time before I went to Nicaragua, and my every month I used to come to Miami for a whole weekend. And every time I stop at Tropical Tobacco, you know, it's out there with the tobacco. I start really smoking cigars there. And then and that part was like, well, this is interesting, but really a sticky steaming when I went down to Nicaragua. Right. There's something that I said, wow, this is, like I said before, this is quite, really impressed me a lot. And that's when you sort of got the bug. Uh, I guess you could, for, for a lack of a better term, you got the interest in cigars and how they're produced and the tobacco and the pilones and all that kind of stuff? Yes, correct. I mean, you were told me in Cuba when I was in medical school. I mean, I'm from Havana. So you told me in Havana, I would be doing, a, we would have a cigar company. I said, I say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> no way. I get the hell out of here. I don't want to get in that, you know. But so did you, Cuba, were you, did you smoke cigars on a regular basis before that? That, that one in Cuba? No, not at all. Wow. Not at all. I, I, I remember the first premium, I see premium, premium cigar that I have. I was in a party and my brother invited me to go to a party. The guy was passing a Cohiba Siglo 6. And I was probably about 18, 19 years old. That's probably the really premium, premium cigar I remember I had back then in Havana. Now, here's the kind of interesting thing about this whole story, I would think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but genetics plays a big role in the production of tobacco. Um, the fact that, you know, you're, um, you know, hybridizing uh, certain types of tobacco plants. And, it, and so there's a lot of, maybe there's a lot of uh, carryover from animal genetics, at least from the interest part as to, you know, hybridizing also um, tobacco and working with the genetics of tobacco. And, and, and the other part, you're right, but on the other part, it's amazing. I mean, when you work in genetic, you have to make sure it's a lot of small details to get the final product right. And the tobacco is quite the same thing. It's a lot of small details that everybody needs to be 100% correct to get the final product the way you want to be. It, it, it's unbelievable. That, yeah, now, here's the thing, like... I think that most guys that are into cigars, uh, premium cigars uh, especially, you know, there's a great respect and love for Aganorsa leaf tobacco. You've got Illusioni mixed product down there, Warped mixed product from their tobacco. Obviously, uh, Nick uh, Melillo from Foundation Cigar Company. And then, of course, you know, the Aganorsa brand itself. You just, almost like winning the Cosmic Lottery, were already had a connection to them it wasn't as if you said to yourself, out of all these uh, tobacco companies, I think I'm going to pick this one. Because your family was already involved with Aganor Salif, you sort of... Yeah, like, exactly. Like That I mean, was that I, was the I, path. I, I, I always said that that's a little luck, right? Because if you told me, like, think about Osayo Aganosa, you would say, hey, Lorenzo, I wanted, you want to do a, I don't know, cigar company with this company, say... I don't know anything about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how, what are you talking about? I, I don't know. So that's always like big credit for them to help me out and to show me everything. You know, and that's the other part that like you say, yeah, when you're talking about the blanks and what I pick, what I like, it's like, like you say, look at how many companies, other people do great cigars out there. But I always tell people, hey, all flavor is unique. It's, it's nuestro sabor is único. Why? Because in the end of the day, it's, it's my palate. 
when I am down there picking a blend I want to work with, the tobacco that I want to play with. So, now, the interesting thing about that, yeah, Rainier, a, is a, yeah. since you said that you didn't have really experience smoking cigars growing up or, or anything, your palate was essentially fresh at that point. Did you... Did you try smoking like a wide variety of other cigars just to try to figure out like how I want my cigars to be? How do I want HVC cigars to be? Not really. No, no, it's it's quite weird. It's the same thing when I go to a restaurant. You know, when I go into a restaurant, I say, "Well, I really like this dish. It's, it's, it's really good." You know, satisfy my palate. It's clean. It's got flavor on it. So I try other. Restaurant, I say, no, I'm not going to go buy this restaurant. I don't like it at all. You know, my palate. <laughs> and the cigar, to me, is the same thing, right? So when I when I pick something, I I never think about all the cigar company. I say, well, I really like this. It's, you know, satisfy my palate. So that, that that's what I'm looking for in flavor. So because flavor, to me, is, is the most important thing in a cigar, right? So the, the other things will come, right? Construction, balance, clean finish, the other stuff I talk always. But flavor is the main important to me in cigars, so... All right, so talk about the very the very first cigar that you put together. What was that process like? Was it difficult? Did you have some failure? Um, did it just come easy and boom, you were there? Uh, talk about the struggle or the easiness of that very, very first cigar that you made. Actually, it was quite like, in the beginning, it was a little successful, but in the end, it was a completely a struggle. It was the HVC first selection. The city, the, the, it was quite out there and they say the, the city I will never forget that we don't produce that cigar anymore. The cigar really never took off. And I remember they invited me to go to the show in Orlando. I think that was back in 2013, probably. I'm right, right? Orlando, the last show in Orlando was 2013, right? 13, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, correct. So, and I, I, we may have seen like 200 boxes. Hmm. And I remember we sold about a hundred boxes, and I, I, I was quite pissed off. I said, "Well, I came to the show, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of money. I invest this a little money to buy my cigar, the boxes, the rings." And I remember my sister told me, "You just relax, okay? Just, just nobody know you, and you sold already a hundred boxes to us because we introduced you to people in the market. You don't have any idea how things work." And she was completely right. So you know, because you came to the idea. People sing in the cigar business, like you're going to get in the cigar business, and the next day you will sell millions of cigars. <laughs> right, right. What? How did you? How did, every, everybody want to be in the cigar business. How did your family react when you said you were going to get in the, the business that they were already in? They probably already knew the difficulties, the struggles, how hard it was going to be. And then, you know, you're up in... Uh, you know, Wisconsin with your hand up a bull's, you know, butt. And they're, and, and they're like, and they're like, Rainier, are you crazy? You, you don't realize how hard it is to, to be in the cigar business. What did they think of when you said, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to change my career and I'm going to be, become a cigar guy. I, I feel so lucky to have a great family. And always I have hundred percent support from them. So when you have that, I think you can take the world. You know, family for us is, is really important. So probably it's not, think about it, that would be a cigar or that would be whatever business. When you have that kind of support, I think you, you can do it. So uh, at what point then, uh, what, after that first one that did, didn't take off as well as you had hoped, 
what what happened next? What was your next move? Did, were you did you I mean, feel frustrated? Did you was there a time when you said to yourself, no, maybe I can't do this? By by the time like I say in my free time then in Wisconsin, just missing the accounts there, I said, Well, I, I need to keep growing. That's when the HBC Cero came to the market. And the HBC Cero really took off. It's a brand that's still in the market for us today, one of our best seller cigars. And and, and that's part of the thing. You, you have to keep going. You have to keep growing your portfolio. But when I look at the HBC portfolio from the 10 years, we don't have really a big, big portfolio. And because I I, I don't know, I think I I don't want to get the market really Saturday. That, right. That's the way I think. And, and then the other part is like, I don't want, when you see a HBC brand or a line, I, I don't have too many sizes either. The most that I have is four sizes. Because I think, okay, okay, I can give you a Toro, I can give you a Corona Gorda or a Robusto. What else do you really like? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, that's what I think. Maybe I'm wrong. So, but. now, what do you think it was about the Cerro that uh, caught people's attention that 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 was that helped it be more successful than your first effort? What was it about that cigar? Probably, I would like to say, like me, really getting more out there, missing more accounts. People like more the blend. It was more like in the medium plus profile, more sweetness. Uh, and people really looked at that and say, well, I, I really like it that more. Even the design, I don't know if you guys never saw the HBC first selection. I don't think so, no. Exactly. So the, the band was quite weird. The design was not right the way I want to be. And and that happened. You and you learn. It's a learning experience. Right. And so then, now, at, at that point, you're still like... Traveling around the Midwest there, Chicago and Indiana, that sort of area at that point still? Still, yeah. That was in 2015 when I decided to go full-time in the cigar business. And, and that, that was from 20% to 100% change. Wow. Yeah, that's that's when you – that's the big leap of faith, right? Like when you go from, uh, you know, just doing it as a side gig to, hey, I've, I've got to do this full-time and I've, I've just – Got to make it work, right? Correct. Yeah. How how is it? Do you like that um, that interaction? You know, traveling to the to the various shops and sort of doing that. Is that a part of the business that you enjoy? Me, I I love it. Yeah. Not really enjoy. It. I love it. I really love to travel out there meeting people because I don't, it, it's quite weird. Like actually, I was talking to Terrence the other day about this. Like when you look at the cigar business, it's, it's a really personal business. People want to meet you. People want to know what's going on. Uh, what, what, what you say, what's Serie A? What's San Isidro? What is, what is Cerro? You know, it's not like technology. Like, people don't even know who made that, whatever part of the technology is. And they sell millions and millions, right? Uh, tobacco industry is still, like, quite, like, back old days business. Even now, the technology or the media really changed a little bit everything. But when you see how things were, still were, is quite the back-in-the-days business. Now, uh, one thing that's interesting, uh, Rainier, is you've had some success with Broadleaf. And so you haven't just relied solely upon, you know, Nicaraguan tobacco in your in your career. Uh, you make some some really amazing, you know, Broadleaf cigars as well. Like, what turns you on to uh, choosing that leaf on a couple of your, you know, more popular products? That was probably a really successful launch that we did with the broadleaf. But at the same time, it was quite 
I'm really struggling right now with the broadleaf. Mm. I really like the sweetness of the broadleaf. It's quite unique in the market. I mean, when you have a really, when you find a really good broadleaf, and uh, to me, the sweetness they have is completely amazing, unbelievable, whatever you want to call it. But and when you come, also tobacco. So I remember when we did that project in 2018, a limited edition one for the show, it was a success. And then I cannot find a really good broadleaf. Mm. And all the chaps called me like, Lorenzo, come on, we need the broadleaf. But I'm at the market, market, the market. I went back again. I find because I remember the broadleaf, I, I brought the broadleaf myself. So actually, I was quite lucky the last time I was in Nicaragua in December, and I got a few bales of broadleaf. So more broadleaf will come this year for sure. Yeah, like that's kind of unique from in the uh, Tabsa family. There's not a lot of cigars wrapped in broadleaf. Did you have some pushback on that? Did you have to convince the, the blenders that this was a good idea? Not really. They always, they always. I mean, I, I trust them and they trust me. You know, like I remember when I, even one of the hardest blend that I remember I was working with at Senio. It was the, the San Isidro line with a banner wrapper. Remember, I, I know only grow the Corojo in Criollo, right? And the wrapper, the Corojo. And, and, you know, and you always I am the guy that I like to go, I like to go a little inside, you know, like let's play with it, for example, with the San Andres with the 2015. Let's, let's try a blend with the, with the Habano wrapper. Uh, and I always like, because I mean, when you see all the lines, there is one thing that I'm really looking for. I was talking before about the swing that the tobacco needs to be in your palate. It's really important to me. Even, you know, you got a Syria, you got San Isidro. You say, well, I, I like the sweetness, but the blend itself are completely different. So, and the wrapper, to me, play a big part in the flavor profile of cigar. Yeah, so that, that that was a big surprise to me, I got to say, Rainier, is when we, me and Jordan, uh, had the, the broadleaf that you produced because I was just, it was sort of like a departure from what I'm used to coming out of, you know, Agonorsa Leaf Factory and Tapsa, you know, before it was referred to as, as Agonorsa Leaf. So I was like, wow, like, like Rainier's got, he's got some chops. Like, he's, a, he's more, he, he has a little bit more uh, palate than I was sort of expecting. Like, a lot of guys, you know, if you're in that Agonorsa Leaf camp, it's easy to probably just get, you know, wrapped up because it's so good, you know, the almost anything that comes out of there is good, but you've sort of, like, pushed the boundaries. You even have a cigar that you produce out of Honduras at uh, Racy's Cabanas, right? So Yes, correct. You've kind of, you've experimented even out of the factory. I mean, even when I was, even when I was still produced the, the Pan Caliente and the Vieja Cosecha number two, that today we don't produce there anymore, we used to work with the Aganosa Tobacco out there. And always I say, like, I think in life, you never got to be afraid just to, to explore, right? Just even in the end, you want the same resort for the consumer, right? To get something different, something unique, but never be afraid to explore, you know, and, and work with different kinds of tobacco to see what we really bring to the table. And look at the success that we have with San Andres Maduro. Right. Hey, uh, we're going to do a commercial, and then when we, when we come back, I really want to talk about three cigars uh, that – have been super popular on the dojo. And, of course, I'm talking about the Serie A, the 500-year uh, anniversary right here, and the new hotcake 
But before we go to commercial, hey, Rainier, has anybody ever told you that your first name is a palindrome? It's, what? It's your, your, <laughs> your first name is a palindrome. It's spelled really? the same backwards. It's spelled the same forwards and backwards. If you re- yes, correct. Reviver. Yeah, that's, race that's, car. That's kind of cool, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. I was thinking you're talking about drunk. You know, I'm from <laughs> you gotta talk slow. Like, what drunk are you talking about now? <laughs> uh, anyway, so hey, if you're out there and you're a fan of Rainier, if you if you accidentally look at his name in a mirror, it doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> it's still Rainier either way. All right, Jordan. This show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. This year, JR Cigar is celebrating their 50th anniversary. They'll be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, sweepstakes, and several limited-run projects with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. So, hey, there you go. Thank you, JR Cigars, for sponsoring the show. That was a pretty good read, but can you imagine if Randy Griggs did that? I maybe? know. It would be so much better. Like, I don't He was supposed to be here. It would either be know. a train wreck or uh, just yeah. the best read of all time. This but you just kind of deliver, you know, just a standard. I, yeah, I just, I just. That's I don't, good, you know. I go for the standard read, you know. I liked it. Yeah. This is episode 279 of Smoke Night Live. Um we have been having a crazy cold week here in Colorado, and uh, tonight uh, is no exception. But Scott and Quinn installed some Jordan. They installed some new ductwork in the studio. Oh yeah, we got a full industrial setup in here now. It looks pretty stinking good. Yeah, Quinn brought his really cool Milwaukee drill, and we <laughs> worked on it. it He's was, got tools. He's got stuff. I it's mean, uh, it's nine degrees. Yeah. So, it's, anyways, if you're if you're in, if you're in Miami, which uh, Rainier is. It's definitely oh it's definitely not yeah, nine degrees there. So we're we're we are chatting with uh, Rainier uh, from HVC. Hey Rainier, let's let's get into these three cigars. So so as as some people know, the uh, Serie A was our number three cigar of the year last year. The five hundred and the five hundred year uh, cigar was our number one limited, limited edition. edition. Both of them got ninety three ratings, I believe. On and the site. this year, Jordan, the hotcake hot was cake. our number was selling like hotcakes cigar of the year. Rainier, and, well, well, you're can, killing it. Yeah, I Take mean, come it. on. I mean, when you're talking about let's talk with the Serie A right now. I remember when I was doing that project. Remember that that project was first exclusive for Hawaii, and I remember I told Marvin. I say, Marvin, I, I really like this blend, man. And the next uh, IPCPR by that time. So I want to release two sizes for the consumers because I, I don't want to pass in this blend. It's really good and I really like it. So the, the Serie A is like, you know, I can also tobacco classified the tobacco in A, B, and C. So all the tobacco that we use in Serie A is completely classification A. So, you know, the size, the strength of the leaf, how they, they look. Not even sometimes work, it sometimes doesn't, right? So on top of that, we use a tobacco ligero maduro, the Nicolero extra fermentation to get that, I would like to say like probably the charcoal sweetness they have when you smoke it, the Serie A, even in the size that you guys really like it, that's my favorite size in Serie A as well, Perlas, a classy Corona Gorda size. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, what I can say about that, it's doing phenomenal for us and people love it. And, and that's the really that's the lottery for me. Yeah, well, like this. I, well, I'm sorry. 
This particular get- cigar, Rainier, has what I like so much is like this sort of salted peanuts. It's got so much going on. It's an affordable cigar, but yet it has so much going on. And it's kind of one of those. I put it in my five cigar rotation, Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy that like it's got all grade A tobacco, and you get those things nine bucks right. on the regular. Yep. Yeah, it's affordable and it's approachable. I think it's a cigar. I, I remember Rainier. We asked you at one point on the last time we had you on the video, Herf, what cigar that you would recommend to somebody that hadn't experienced HVC. I can't remember exactly the one that you mentioned at the time, but I I say it's this Serie um, because of the fact that it just has so much going on. It's so approachable. Like this to me seems like a cigar that everybody should should get their hands on. I, I put like the Aladina Corojo, Espinosa Habano, um, the um, the uh, Perdomo 12-year-age vintage. Epernay. The Epernay. And, and this cigar, those are kind of my five that I, 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 I try to push new cigar smokers to because they just have so much to offer at an affordable price. Correct. I mean, that, that's the other thing, like, usually you say, like, when cigar, I remember we had a conversation and the other show. Like, I remember I, I say probably first the Cerro, right? And you say, you know, the, the, the Serie A. It's always, to me, I don't know why I always ask the consumer what they like. Because, I mean, I, I don't know if that happened to you guys. I mean, you got a guy that smoked just medium, really mild cigar. I, I'm not going to give him the 2015 or, for example, the Broadleaf, right? So... I would recommend something more in the mild side and, and the medium side. Even, I think, in the HBC portfolio, we don't have really a mild cigar. We are more in the medium, medium food size, and not even in, in the full food side either, though. Now, let's let's jump into the uh, the 500. Um, oh, yeah. Because, I'm smoking I, I, to more. me, I feel, I feel like this is... The 500. This 500 is where you really, hit your, <laughs> you really hit your stride, Rainier. As much as I love... The Serie A, which I do, and I just explained how I, I love that cigar. This cigar is really, and, and I, I mean, I, I'm sounding a little bit like a fanboy here, but I am a fanboy. This is the HVC Ultra Premium. This thing is absolutely amazing. Talk about how you got to this product and what it means to you and your line. I mean, I remember when that project came, I was the 500 anniversary of Havana, right? And I said, I want to make something like quite unique in, in every sense. But at the same time, my mind always was like, I want to make a cigar that everybody can smoke any time of the day. And of course, I don't know, probably you guys know, my, my favorite region of tobacco in Nicaragua is Jalapa. So I know Jalapa and Esteli complement quite well, but if you say, hey, Esteli is coming down and we got only Jalapa, I say, give me Jalapa. <laughs> yeah, give me Jalapa. I, I want to work only with the Jalapa, right? So that, that's me, right? All right, wait, oh. but before you go on, tell tell folks what it is about the Jalapa tobacco that you like so much. What is, what's the quality that I mean, you like? It's, I mean, it's the region. You got the tobacco more mellow, more sweetness. The soil is not really heavy like Esteli. Esteli is more dark, really spicy in the mouth. So when you blend with Esteli tobacco, you have to be really tricky because remember, Nicaraguan tobacco has that spices. Like, me, personal, and some lines are really light, but when it's too spicy, too spicy, too heavy, that's not for me. So that's what Esteli tobacco really brings to the table. So we 
Jalapa Tabaco, I always compare to the region in San Juan, San Luis and Pinar de Rio, the tobacco, like I say, mellow, sweetness, fresh. So that, that's what Jalapa does. So right. that's why I really like that region. It's so interesting, right, that you have the, the three areas of Nicaraguan tobacco that you get used the most, you know, um, Esteli, Condega, Jalapa, and they're so dramatically different, yet not mm-hmm. that far apart from one another. Exactly, correct. It's probably because I think it's more like the volcanic soil. Like that, what the Jalapan soil is more like sandy and loose, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Esteli is really heavy. Like, even, I don't know if you guys never been in Esteli when it's really raining. When you go to the farms, oh my God. You got to be careful because you can stuck in there and be there for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You want in a car. So. Yeah, I've been, I, 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 that's happened to me. So, so this, this particular <laughs> cigar, um, the 500 year, um, I, I don't know, I just, like I don't know what it what what it is about this, but you you were able to sort of capture, I, I think everything that's good with Aganorsa leaf tobacco, but with sort of your take on it, like you your 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 sort of brand is ingrained in this cigar with that just more sort of really balanced flavor that I, I appreciate so much. And then the other thing is, is the size. I really like the size. It's, it's the same size as the Coiba Siglo 6. It's a 52 by 5.78. And the cigar to me is like quite like I say, any time of the day you light it up, the 500, the Tesoros, it's, it's unbelievable smoke. It's sweetness. You got mellow, clean in the mouth. Like, uh, so, so good. In 2020, you, you introduced two additional sizes to this. Are are they all three going to be regular production, or are they each limited? And we're still working on that. So right now, that is quite limited, and the Tesoros is quite limited, and the Selectos. And we did exclusive one, the set line, just for Privada Cigar Club. Okay. All right, so now we move on and, to... And, 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 and oh. the other part, wait, wait a second, we had the 500 right. years back. All right, all right. 500, and the other part was the box. Yeah, that's I mean, a cool box, remember, right? I remember when I came out to the box, people say, wow, that's so cool. Like, you know, the skyline of Havana. Because, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. Like, even, like, I like to keep simple, uh, all style, classy smoke. Oh, you know that? Because, I mean, I think when you have a really Cuban cigar, it's really, really good. So I, I want that flavor always be here in my mind when I'm blending a cigar. But at the same time, the presentation of the box, I want to give people something different mm. something like wow look at this it's, it's a beauty it's an art right yeah the presentation is stepped up in that the in other that day regard. i caught my dad he had a box of the hvc laying out and he's like getting ready to it was it was he had Empty. smoked all the cigars out of empty it's it empty so he was getting ready to throw this thing out and i was like oh man he smoked through all these and he's like yeah and i you have that nice sheet of paper over on top of all the cigars, I looked under there, and there was there's still one underneath. Like, dude, you're gonna throw this I, out. I almost, I almost <laughs> threw one away. It was, it was, it was hiding in there. I think I should have got that cigar. But I, I had ordered That's a brand. Mine. I had ordered a brand new box, so I was, uh, I was ready. <laughs> Anyways, Jordan saved me there. I almost threw a. A 500 Oof. year away. Hey, let's move on to the uh, a cigar that's been super popular on the Dojoverse in the last, I don't know, however many months. Uh, the hot cake. Now, 
I don't know. I don't know what it is I mean, with like I mean, pancakes. They, 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 they ha- you you have yeah, like, you have something with pancakes. Is that you, you have like an unofficial pancake I, I, series? You're gonna come out with like the I, 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 the ginger I pancake the, next. No, I see the best part is when you put in the butter. When you melt the butter with the pancake, that's the best flavor you can get out of there. Now you had the the pan caliente, which is also means yeah. that hotcakes. And so, what is it about hot? Is it just you you, you associate that with that sort of smell that you get when you're making like pancakes or something. I don't know. They sell like hotcakes. Yeah, they do. So they really do. <laughs> so I mean, the, the name is quite the same, right? So like, because a lot of people ask me the question, "What is the blend?" Is quite is, is the same blend as the pan caliente. I say no, it's, it's a completely different blend because we introduced a new tobacco that's called Corojo 2006. The Aganosa don't grow that. Up. Like I said before, they are really big in Corojo and Criollo, but not in the Corojo 2006. So it's called Maduro, usually more like Abiso. And when I find that, when I want to make that, I say, well, why not the, the, the hot cake? Usually, I remember we tried that name quite years ago. And when I came out with that, people were like, wow, like, like hot caves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the blend, I said, well, I want to use with San Andres Maduro wrap. So even in that part, we use now more, probably I would like to say both half and half between Jalapa and Esteril tobacco. But when you, it's interesting. Like, I always say this, like, you guys know I like to cook. I like to make drinks. So when you have a recipe, if you miss one piece, because I tried before we out that leaf that I'm talking about the 2006, the Corojo 2006, it's changed completely. Mm. completely different cigar now what I'm looking for and top just you add that leaf it changed completely again you say wow this is what I'm looking for in a cigar even though the thing that the design is like quite simple that is one I'm smoking right now mm-hmm. so and people love it people people really love it what do you think is like the the what's your favorite size in that line <sighs> Corona Goda of course <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I, yeah, the that's been a, a. I mean, you see that's that cigar being checked into every day on the Dojo Verse. It's a super popular cigar. Will there be a, a waffle? Is there going to be French Blueberry toast? Pancakes. I mean, what's what's coming down Why the pike? Crepes, French, maybe French, French, French toast. That, that, that's a good name. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna give. That, I'm just so gonna give that one to you for free, funny. Rainier. You just uh, that, that's <laughs> just, that's on the, the house. Only, the only part is like I remember when I, I go to whatever chat here in Miami. People say, "Well, what next?" I mean, you got the pan caliente, you got the hot cake. So what's next now? So, I mean, yeah. it, it's like even like you know, I got these names like even to me, you know, like, probably like like Terrence say, you know, probably you are the most Cuban. I ever met in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Even look at the project that we do for Brad Friday. That's all the crazy idea that came to my mind. I say, I want to do a cigar exclusive for Black Friday every year. Has to be, it's a limited edition every year, completely different blend, completely different size, but just exclusive for that specific day of the year. So that's all the project that we do every year is completely sold out and I don't know. I am that guy, like, always, like, what's next? You know, at the same time, like I said, I don't want to grow too much in the portfolio. I want to try to keep it simple. 
Right. You, you gotta, gotta, you gotta keep the people. skew level down so that there's not so much to to deal with. You gotta you gotta grow responsibly, right? No, I mean uh, probably like like say for ten years we are still really really a small company, really really small company, and, and I like the way we grow every year. Like how do you say or, organically? Yeah, how do you say yeah, that word? Right. Yeah, all right, correct. So correct. I, I, I like that way we grow year after year. So. I mean, yeah, you guys only you only produce like uh, two hundred thousand or so cigars a year or something, right? Yes, yes, around that, correct. So, and and, and I like to keep it that way. So because I mean, it would be so crazy right now for me. Like it would go like, nah, but I like, you know, like let's keep it that way. So I always I am the guy I always say, see, I, I like to sing a long term. So can we, if I'm not mistaken, you 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 started in 2011. Can we expect a 10th anniversary cigar this year? Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> As you should, right? That's what cigar manufacturers do. Boom. <laughs> okay. Jordan. That's my answer for you right All there. Right. Boom. <laughs> right in your face. Right in your face. <laughs> what, about, um, what about Connecticut Shade or Cameroon? You know, people, I don't, I don't know about Connecticut Shade. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, people say that's probably the most selling cigars in America, right? Maybe I'm wrong. That's what people point, say. Yeah. But maybe. You yeah. know, I never say no, so maybe. Well, you come out with but, uh, but, but, the crepe, uh, and it has a very thin, oh, very thin wrapper. You know, the you crepe. use a Connecticut shade or something. The crepe Suzette. The, 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 the other thing is, like, think about this. I, I would like to work with something, like, it would be quite different and unique. But at the same time, I want to keep something in the market. Right now, we're really struggling with the broad leaf. And people really want it. And right now I have it. But look at how many times right. I am without the broadleaf. So like you say, Cameroon. Think about I can go down there and say, well, I want to get some Cameroon. But what happened in next year, whatever happened with Cameroon, and there is no more Cameroon. Right. Yeah, you got to plan but, for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's something like I would like to keep something more, more stable. Like I said, because right now we're really struggling with the broadleaf. Well, I'm pretty sure you can get your hands on Connecticut Shade. So just take that sure. crepe, that, take that crepe Suzette. <laughs> the crepe Suzette. Crepe, baby. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. What, uh, what is it like? Uh, just explain to everybody, what is it like working with Terrence? I mean, you know, what a what a guy, right? He's like 12 feet tall. Nicest He's guy having in the, the world. best time of his life at all times. <laughs> with that energy. He always like... <laughs> hey, can you stop? Uh, let, let, let me make some coffee. I have a cigar. Sit down. Great guy. I, I love Terrence. Great guy. A, a lot of energy. Oh, great guy. Everybody always asks this question, Rainier. I'll, I'll ask it to you. Um, people always want to know, like, besides your own brand, um, are, there, are there some other cigars that you that you smoke occasionally that you think are are extremely well done and that um, that you enjoy that are outside of the HVC portfolio? Probably most I do Cubans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, actually, uh, my, my home, I have a humidor exclusive just for Cuban cigars. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are really good and sometimes they are garbage. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, so sometimes <laughs> they are really, really yeah. good and sometimes they, it doesn't work. I remember the last time I, in November for my birthday, I was in Mexico. And I spent quite a few dollars there, but they are quite expensive there in Mexico. I don't know why, because tax, I don't know. 
whatever. So you, you pay like 45 for a cigar there. So, and they were quite really, really good. I mean, like, I always say this, like you have to give credit Cuba and this is the Bible. So if, when you have a really good Cuban cigar, the flavor of the Cuban cigar happens is completely different, completely unique. The sweetness they, they, they bring to your palate. So I always give credit to them for, I mean, it's the region. It's, Cuban is perfect for that. Even today in Nicaragua, we do great things. In Nicaragua, we have great cigars, great blends. But when Cuba get right, it's, it's hard to be. Yeah, Cuban tobacco is one of those tobaccos that you can almost always, you know, tell right off the bat. Like even I would say even more so than than any other tobacco from Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Honduras. Like Cuban tobacco just has that sort of musty taste that you can almost identify instantly. Instantly, correct? Yeah. What do you think you about the salty? Yeah. Sorry, uh, there's we've come across guys that'll treat their Cuban cigars much differently than the other cigars. They'll say Cuban cigars have to be humidified at 72%. All the other cigars you humidify at 68, but Cubans you humidify at 72. Do you treat your Cubans any differently, or are they just you, you just acclimate them in a different humidor the same way you would anything else? I always keep them between 65 and 70. That's, I always keep my humidor like 65 to 70. I don't really like do that. The only thing, I like to age them. Right, right. It's quite it's it's box that is smoking. Nah, probably I get the box or whatever, just a cigar and put it there and just let the time. Even the other day, I was quite really disappointed. I was smoking the Trinidad uh, limited edition 2016, and I got the cigar for almost five years. And when I smoke it, I was asking myself, what a way. <laughs> too much to smoke that cigar and you know and the cigar was not what I was expected as simple as that yeah I mean it's it's a bit of a crapshoot right I, that's that's yeah. cer- that's certainly the thing that I think the DR and Nicaragua and Honduras have uh, over over Cuba certainly nowadays is the consistency uh, the consistency in Cuba is extremely sketchy you can have you can have one Correct. that is fantastic and you can have one that's awful, but with, like, say, your brand, HVC, for instance, you pretty much know what you're in for every single time, the consistency. Correct. Yeah. You don't have to be looking at, like, box codes and stuff. You right. just buy HVC box, it's going to be good. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the only thing, it's, it's the way I think things work in general, right? So we are really on top of that, right? Then in QR, things don't work like that. It's more like government things, like big, like, you cannot do that. Right. Right. Uh, now, Terrence, or, uh, Terrence. <laughs> I was just, where's Terrence? I was just reading Terrence's comment on here. He's like, I can hear you. Um, Rainier, this has been a weird year. 20, well, not this year, but 2020 was a weird year. And everybody had to adjust. You couldn't travel like you like to do and, and visit shops. Uh, talk about, talk about 2020. How did you adjust? Did you, how did you maintain your relationship with the, you know, the retailers through the year, was that a difficult process for you or did you adjust okay? How did it go for you? I mean, like 2020, you think in general, talking in business in general, it was a great year for cigars. So sales went to the roof, right? Everybody's home, smoking more cigars, relaxing, working from home. And, and for us, it was like more like even like to be in the office, calling people, sending emails. Even me, I, 
I think I'm not the guy to be in the office. I like to be more out there on the street. But it was more like just in that way. So people start calling, hey, we need the cigar, we need the cigars. Come on, I wanted you in. It was more like that. For us, like people asking for the product. How, how big of a company is HVC these days? How, how many folks are involved besides yourself? Is it uh, 10 I mean, or under, right, 20 or under? What, where, where are we at? Well, think about this, like even the staff we have and also they do all distribution for us. We have like seven brokers out there in the United States. Your great team, the brokers, putting the face every day, trying to help us and, and keep growing. But like, just think about even seven brokers and the staff are just keeping the product. Does your family still, are they still integrated into the cigar business? Are they still working? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's still a family company, and are they are they now on your team, or are they still with the Aganorsa, the Casa Fernandez folks? No, they they are still with Aganorsa folks there. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, Rainier, um, uh, you you do a fantastic job. I'm a I'm a big fan. I don't make any bones about it. Um, I've always said to everybody I that. Am- this is one of the brands that have somehow missed missed my radar, and I'm so glad that I found it. And I really appreciate your time on uh, this Friday night being on Smoke Night Live, brother. Thank you to you guys for having me. And I light it up this IK right now, and believe me or not, I want to put in some butter. There we go. Some butter here right now. Yeah, baby. By the way, Rainier makes Rainier makes a fantastic mojito, and we didn't get to talk about the mojito. The last time I I I had I had this mojito (laughs) recipe that I really loved, but I your recipe's better. I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna say your recipe's better because what you do, Rainier, is the, the the raw sugar granules. And that gives it a little bit more of a gritty feel to the mojito. Like your your recipe, it's it's an insane mojito. Fantastic. I told you, I mean, next time you guys are here in Miami, you guys have to let me know and we can make some uh, mojito party. Oh, yeah. Let's, ma- let's make a mojito party next time you guys are <laughs> here in Miami. So, I mean, I can't, like, it's, it's quite a simple recipe. It's, it's not a really hard recipe. Oh, yeah, super simple. Easy to make. But I think I was always doing simple syrup, which is good, too. Mm-hmm. But... I, there's something about the the raw sugar and the and the and the muddling the muddling with the raw now, sugar. I is, think you mm-hmm. uh, have a good element is the floater. You always I do incorporate do the, the floater. I do I like incorporate that. the floater on the top. Layer sort of layer the ingredients. Yeah, and that's like a cig- that's like a cigar, right, uh, Rainier? Like you want it to be. You don't want it just to be monogamous all the way through. You want a little bit of a change. I mean, and the, the other thing is, like, remember this, like, when you put the sugar, the mint, and the lime, you have to match a little bit. And do it slowly with a little love. You have Ooh. to give love. If you don't give love, it's not going to work. Jordan, turn that into a <laughs> gift. Tur- <laughs> tur- turn that into a gift right there. What he was That's just ours now. <laughs> does, by the way, doesn't it look like Rainier is broadcasting out of, like, a tent, like, in yes. his backyard or something? He's in a, Are you yeah. in a tent? <laughs> <laughs> I hung in the porch right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time on a, on a Friday. What, what, <laughs> what day, day is, is it? I don't even know. Thank you so much. Uh, if Folks, if you haven't tried an HVC, yeah, first first get yourself some Serie A Perlis. It's absolutely phenomenal. Then move up to the 500 year, and then after that, go to the hotcake. That's my advice. Jordan, what's, is, how, how do you see it? 
I totally agree. I love that. Yeah, that's a good. That is a good uh, transition into the HBC line. Um, uh, guys, uh, Wednesday night, uh, next flavor Odyssey. Robbie and Randy will be pairing rum with a Placencia. Uh, Alma de Fuego. Alma de Fuego, that's right, the Alma de Fuego. So we'll do that Wednesday night. Uh, as far as tonight goes, uh, remember, it's Friday night, Herf on the Dojo Verse. So check into all your cigars, your drinks, and do some now playing. We'll have some fun all night long on the Dojo. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next Friday night. <laughs> Is it fast? Oh, it's fast. What about the options? What about the options? It's got all the options. But, like, what about price? It's got to be expensive. Not expensive at all, man. JR's got the greatest deals on cigars and accessories. Check it out. Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, look at that deal. It's a good price. What are you guys doing with my car? Your car? I thought this was your car. I thought it was your car. Why would it be my car? I don't know. It's not again. We'll get out, but I'm taking this with a JR on the go. No matter whose car you're in, JR Cigar is there for you.